Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Flu. I can name 19 different versions of names. So I just wanted to play that because uh, <laughs> Face the Nation yesterday in their opening segment just stated the president also delved into racist comments and played that. Just stating it as that's clearly racist, saying mm-hmm. Kung Flu. All right. You either agree with that or you don't. Yeah, I, I heard various breathless commentary over the weekend about how outrageous and oh. Uh, the president joking about testing with 120,000 people dead. I actually, I was a little uncomfortable with some of his COVID jokes, honestly. Not the Kung flu, but I just thought it's a little, it's a weird tone for the president of the United States. But, uh, some of the commentators, uh, you know, flapping their hands breathlessly, just uh, tears streaming down their cheeks in the style of Don Lamont. Um, I just, it doesn't even raise my pulse to hear that anymore. I just think, oh, there they are saying what they say. 
So there's been a lot of talk of contact tracing is the future. Don't close everything back down. You just, you know, you isolate the people that have had it and figure out who they've been talking to. You deal with it that way. Test them, isolate them if necessary. As society reopens, I'm reading a news story here. Health experts say contact tracing will be key to controlling the spread of the coronavirus. Let's get started. Um, New York City has already plunged into the effort, hiring 3,000 people for it. That'll be expensive. And early returns aren't encouraging. The workers are often unable to find and collect information from infected people. And according to the New York Times, in the first two weeks, just 35% of some 5,000 patients who were known or thought to be infected gave information to the tracers about people they'd been in close contact with. So you're wow. just refusing to answer again. And that's in New York. Yeah. Which yeah. was the hardest hit area. Yeah, they they would there there would be more people taking it seriously in New York than anywhere else in the country. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. Some people left their interviews before anyone with the test and trace corps asked about contacts. Uh, while others said they were at home the whole time and weren't in contact with any of them with anyone, but you don't know if that's true or not. And many who had tested positive just didn't give any information over the phone, according to the New York Times. I ain't hmm. talking to you. I didn't see nothing. Mind your business. None ya. According to an uh, epidemiologist, 35% is a very bad number if we're going to do contact tracing of people that won't participate. Well, we don't trust the authorities. <laughs> and why would we? <laughs> and why would we? Yeah. Name, name going to end up in some marketing list. The me, government will probably sell the list of names. And, I'm trying to think about this, though. So, well, Mark Zuckerberg has it already. Are they talking about people that were... Do you have to be infected to get this phone call? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Con, uh, yeah, you wait for... If you're a confirmed case, then they go back and try but, to figure but, out who you've been hanging with. Well, right. But wouldn't you... So if I got... If I tested positive, wouldn't they call you and say, who have you been around? Because how, you've been around me? How do they know that he's been around you unless you tell them? No, okay, but I, yeah. So I tell the authorities, I work right next to Joe. Mm-hmm. They call you. Yes. And, and I get tested. And if I'm clean, but does it? then I go on my merry way. It's amazing that I don't know this at this point, but does the test work? Or could it be just you haven't had, it doesn't show up in the test yet? Eh, the tests are pretty reliable and are not 100%. Okay. Um, and they'd probably say, if you listen, all right, Joe, you're clean. We, okay, sh- we shove the swab out into, into your brain. You're, uh, now they just uh, kind of go up into your nose. But yeah, anyway, it's not but, as brain pammy. No, but we they would shove the swab into your brain. But they would say to me, all right, Joe, you're clean. But if you start to feel sick, you got to let us know. But, okay, so, but they, 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 you probably haven't, how quick are the tests come back? Anyway, so they're going to test you. 15 minutes. But do they, quick as a cat. Are you okay with giving them everybody you've been around? Mm, I don't know if I would, secondhand? I think so, yeah. Do I want to interrupt everybody else's life? I'm just trying to avoid the bed. It's a Chinese bed fever. Running around all over the place, maybe you might want to just help us a little bit. A little paranoid. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to, just thinking it through. I think I probably would, but I don't know. You would certainly have an impulse of, I don't got to tell you this, yeah. that you would need to get over. And, and I, sure. I, I think that's a very real thing that and people I are going to have to deal with. And I got an impulse of people I know that would be saying, why'd you tell them you talked to me? Now they're over at my house. Well, I get a free test out of it, though. Make sure I don't have the vid. How about a tote bag? <laughs> Maybe if I got a free tote bag. I got enough it. tote bags. God, no kidding. I'll tell you what. Hey, people who work for charities, you know what nobody needs is a tote bag. 
Don't think you're doing anybody a favor you know by I, spending some of the charity money on tote bags as gifts. Nobody what, wants what one. What am I toting? Uh, I, uh, what I could really use is, is some of the old grocery store bags to round up Baxter's uh, poo-poo in. I don't need a tote bag. I need just more of those little, yeah. thin, they vanish in the landfill in the blink of an eye. They're biodegradable little bags we used to get from the grocery store until they were banned by do-gooders. And now everybody uses super heavy plastic bags that never biodegrade or disease-ridden canvas bags that never biodegrade or whatever. But you, you know what? Your intentions were good. So the fact that you actually made everything way worse, we'll, we'll forgive you for that because all that matters in America these days is good intentions. My uh, family made donuts yesterday for Father's Day. They Homemade donuts? They know that I'm a fan of the pastry. Um, donuts. Yes, homemade maple bars and homemade little uh, powdered sugar donuts. And uh, they're just freaking fantastic. They were oh, dense. Man. My wife thought they were too dense. They were dense. They tasted oh. great. But powdered man, sugar were... donut with a cup of coffee? Oh, yeah, that's oh. what I was doing. Cup of coffee and and a homemade donut. It was pretty darn good. But oh, I had Im- a sensible low carb meal myself. Can't imagine how many calories I took in. Although it, scale of one to ten, my uh, my wife asked us all. And Henry gave him a two. So <laughs> it's funny about kids. They don't play the gonna hurt your feelings game or anything like that. They just speak their mind. For These the most taste part. bad. <laughs> I'll give it a two. Oh, a two. child. A two is a low grade. <laughs> Scathing review. <laughs> Father's Day is funny. It's been observed by many people that uh, on on Mother's Day, the last thing that's going to happen is mom deals with the kids. On Father's Day, that's like the first thing, something right. special with dad and the kids. Yeah, which you know I understand, given the the dynamics of most most families and who does what more. But um, it, the other thing is, if on Mother's Day you were to give your wife, or I'll just talk about my beautiful bride, if I were to give Judy some sort of cleaning tool. On Mother's Day. Well, the crime scene boys would have to spend some time at my house. Got your new mop. Let's see. That's where she stabbed them the fifth time. Uh, Put a little marker down. Uh, On the other hand, Father's Day, I was thrilled. My present was was a tool. I got a a reciprocating saw. Like a Sawzall, but that's a brand, I think. But I got myself a nice DeWalt uh, reciprocating saw. Because uh, we're we're ripping out a bunch of like crappy overgrown landscaping and bushes and trees and stuff like that. Oh, I'm so happy! And then I set to work, sweating and getting filthy out in the yard, doing work, and I was happy. What? Of course, Jack. Remember, there are no differences between the sexes that are not social constructs. I was just out there happy as hell with my new machine, making my yard look nice because of the t- terrible pressures my father put on me to join the patriarchy sure and my wife likes baking things because of uh, tv shows from the 50s oh yeah and my wife sews beautiful quilts because she knows if if, if uh she doesn't i'll yell at her <laughs> uh, but so i hope my kids aren't listening i uh, i'll assume they aren't but um so my wife texted me they want to wash your truck is like a father's day gift oh that's nice so uh that's lovely I headed to the store knowing they were going to wash my truck. And when I got home, they were still working on it, but I kind of like pretended I couldn't see them over there or whatever. Mm. And Henry runs over and said, Dad, Dad, 
Yeah, I'm glad you're home. You know, I needed to talk to you about something. He's trying to distract <laughs> Doing me. Doing the old decoy. Yeah, yeah he, said, uh, he said, come this way with me. And he grabs me by the hand and he takes me. He said, isn't Bianca cute? Have you ever noticed how cute she is? Our dog is laying over there by the house. Yeah, cute dog. You're right, son. <laughs> that was so funny. That isn't is Bianca great. cute? She is really cute. Anyway, I've got a question for you. I was going to ask you about Minecraft and we started going in the house. Yeah. And he said, you know what we should do is play chess. You always want to play chess. Let's play chess. <laughs> and he goes and gets the chess board out. Wow. <laughs> Wow. That was hilarious. Employing think, active measures. Yeah. I think there was a double dip there. I think he was also really embracing the, hey, this means I don't have to wash the car for the next oh, 30 minutes. You, are, right minute. you are absolutely you right about that. You wash the car, I'll distract Dad. Yeah. You are absolutely right about that. That was very clever. Well, I didn't realize how much work it is washing a truck as opposed to a car until I owned my first Super Crew. Uh, it takes twice as long. Well, there's a lot more surface area. And you can't just reach to the middle of the roof and right. scrub it. you got to get on a ladder yeah. and whatever else. You ever notice how cute our dog is? Man, she's a cute dog. Yeah, yeah, we've had her for years, I've noticed. <laughs> that was uh, funny. Oh, that's fantastic. That's nice having a good Father's Day. I, I talked to a couple of my kids. I merely texted with my son. He lost uh, kid points, definitely. Uh, just texting me Happy Father's Day. Although we texted about bands I ought to listen to and that sort of thing. Did you just the will? Uh, it'll happen soon. Mm. Yeah, but I had a nice chat with the girls. Had a nice FaceTime with my pop and and my mom too. And it was pleasant, kind of low key. Once the birds have flown the nest, uh, you know, it's kind of. Mm, yeah, mm. I called my parents. My dad said I didn't do nothing. Man, your kids have been gone for forty years. So. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I know I'm a dad, I'm, uh, you know, and I'm happy about it. You know, I couldn't help but uh, I felt a little bad that I was getting all the love, and uh, Judy played an unmistakable role in my becoming a father. I mean, so I think she deserves at least partial credit. You know, I could have, you know, done whatever I wanted many, many times, and I wouldn't have become a dad if it were not for her True. invaluable assistance. Best supporting actor. That's what I think it would be. <laughs> exactly. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to the show. Still taking place in this empty blank void. There's absolutely no one in the room with me right now, although interestingly, that's still somehow only slightly fewer people than were at President Trump's Oklahoma rally last night, which was half empty, despite his campaign claiming a million people had requested tickets and even building an outdoor stage so he'd be able to do a second speech to the thousands that couldn't get in. That speech turned out to be very much unnecessary. Well, while that is uh, smug and insufferable... Uh, it's also really misleading in the story. The actual story is much more interesting. Yeah, and and people didn't know the actual story until like late yesterday afternoon. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, I understand the whole "Holy cow, what happened here?" Has he lost this much support? Well, it turns out it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, there was an internet campaign by various uh, activists and and such to and and I'll get to the the other thing, Sean. So don't go crazy on me here. Um, <laughs> Uh, to flood the Trump uh, campaign with requests for seats from many thousands of people or many thousands of requests that had no intention of ever going or anything. It was like a denial-of-service attack on the Internet. But what really set it on fire, because it got going on TikTok, which it's probably worth mentioning is a platform 
that is uh, subservient to the Chinese communists. But then the world of K-pop social media well, let me, got involved. Let me read you the headline from the New York Times. Okay. TikTok teens and K-pop stands say they sank Trump rally. What's a stan? Uh, stan is slang for like a super fan, uh, okay. taken from the Eminem song that. Stan, who oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, the fan who was oh, almost okay. stalker esque. I didn't yeah. know oh, wow. stands were super fans. So okay, cool. uh, the Eminem is wrapped up in this as well. Fascinating. <laughs> Real name Marshall Mathers. Uh, TikTok users and fans of Korean pop music groups claim to have registered hundreds of thousands of tickets for Trump's campaign rally. Well, the Trump campaign didn't know that these were phony, so John Oliver's joke about even though they were claiming, well, they were claiming what they thought was true. They did get um, trolled heavily, mm-hmm. um, and uh, by the forces of pranksters and people uh, mixed with people that don't like Donald Trump. Um, uh, so they were way off in how many people they were going to show up, and it turns out that outdoor area where Trump is going to come out and talk to the the overflow crowd, there was no need. There was nobody out there. Right. They had plenty of room inside if you wanted to go inside. So w- the most interesting aspect of this to me, because it's so outside my my world and my realm of knowledge <clears throat> is the involvement of the K-pop fans. And and Sean was explaining that the sheer volume of humans who not only listen to that terrible pop music, unless you're a kid, if you're wow. a kid, fine. It's, it's, it's un- insufferable. It's terrible. I say the first amendment should end at K-pop, but um, I, the I, I, number I, of people involved in that boggles the mind. Hey, what? Yeah, I, I was making the comparison. It's it, just in time, in terms of internet group sizes, it's like the American military budget is, you know, that of the next two through 10 combined. It's that way with, with K pop interactions on social media. As soon as they get involved, it so skews any sort of numbers and just the, That's the, wild. the sheer volume that they can, inf- in, like, they essentially have, the last couple of months just taking over hashtags, hashtags that get going. They'll just jump on and, and put, you know, little Korean pop music videos attached to it. So it's impossible to find the actual <laughs> stuff that you want from your hashtag. That's fascinating. Do they have a political point of view or are they just trolling? They're just young, just young just trolling. Young, yeah. And if their gotcha. parents like it, they probably don't. But I don't think there's like an organized thought behind it. Um, Alexandria well, AOC. Why am I going to say her whole name? She tweeted over the weekend. Uh, you just got rocked by teens on TikTok, she tweeted at the president when uh, everybody figured out what had happened here. What is this? One of those stupid Disney kids sitcoms? This You got rocked by kids on TikTok. So the, and they're in the piped in the studio audience. She goes, ah! So they tracked down Patient Zero for this, who came up with the idea originally, this woman named Laup, Miss Laup. She tweeted out, I, rem- I recommend that all of, of us who want to see the 19,000-seat auditorium barely field, filled or completely empty, go reserve tickets now and leave them standing there alone on the stage. Mm. When she checked, and then she went to bed. When she checked her phone the next morning, uh, her video that she had tweeted out had more than 700,000 likes and 2 million views <laughs> because it got taken over by the K-pop stands. Wow. So what the, if, what? if they catch on to something you're into, we got to get them into this show. If they catch on to something <laughs> you're into, then it just explodes. Yeah. Anyway, that's why mm. the and, you know, I'm sure the Trump campaign will figure out a way around this in the future. They'll adjust. The Biden campaign will adjust. I just want to point out, like I did earlier, this is being seen as either funny or, you know, young people finding a way to fight back in modern society. Isn't this fantastic? And I guarantee you, if 
Trump fans had found a way to do this to a Joe Biden rally, it would be being portrayed as some betrayal of democracy oh, and yeah. to show suppressing that they, the vote. They do, yeah, suppressing the vote and that they don't believe in democracy. It wouldn't be seen as cute, funny, innovative, or anything else. Obama voters were disenfranchised by the Trump dirty trick squad. Yeah, you'd hear those headlines all day long. Oh, we have a That's winner. Some of the best trolling ever, though. It's some excellent trolling. Yeah. Uh, we have a winner in our renaming Eskimo Pies uh, contest. It's not actually a contest. We Better just than Blubber Biscuits? Better than Blubber Biscuits. <clears throat> uh, that, that winning entry coming up in a moment or two. That's right. They're going to rename Eskimo Pies because the name is offensive now. Mm. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it's just started. The very first NBA player to say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not playing. Not anybody I know. Davis Bertrands of the Washington Wizards. Well, now, is his problem COVID or ideology? Because I know there are a number of NBA players who say, we're not playing until the league takes an even more serious role in social activism. Um. He, I don't know. Does it say he's a white guy? But that doesn't mean. Okay. Well, that's uh, yeah, probably it says health risks. Okay. He's, f- he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. <clears throat> won't won't take many. Won't take many players saying ah. No. And it's no. Du- just done. Yeah, uh, I really got the sense over the weekend. There's no way the NBA is coming back. Oh, that M- sucks. Baseball, no chance. He got a case of the my teammate gooditis. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the upside? Yeah. So our rename the Eskimo Pie contest has a winner. Uh, I suggested uh, blubber biscuits, or uh... <laughs> that was the clubhouse leader, in my opinion. So did they feel pressure? Inuit cakes? Did Eskimo? Did the Eskimo Pie people? It's not a pie. Yes, that's where I'm offended. It's not a pie. <laughs> well, I like what's, pie. What's really troubling, Jack, is if you look, for instance, the humble apple pie. It's filled with chopped up apples. Uh, the humble uh, cherry pie, chopped oh, up cherries. Yeah. An Eskimo pie sounds like some sort of cannibalistic <laughs> horror, and who would enjoy that? Wait, what? I what's shepherd's pie? <laughs> well, mm. uh, the owner of es- the Eskimo pie, Dryer's Grand Ice Cream, said they'd been considering renaming the chocolate covered ice cream bar and popsicle for some time. Quote, we are committed to being a part of the solution on racial equality and recognize the term is derogatory. How many meaningless Eskimo is derogatory? Nobody. How many meaningless gestures? And I mean that literally has accomplishes nothing. There's no meaning behind these gestures. Removing the guns from Yosemite Sam, changing the name of Eskimo Pies. Right. I think even uh, mm-hmm. the Aunt Jemima thing, which we should talk about, because her family's upset because they liked it. Right. But how many meaningless gestures add up to anything? Virtue uh, I, signaling. I think it's like the magic number zero. Anything times zero is zero. Their purpose is gaining the acceptance and praise of their peers, getting lots of likes on Twitter. But so anyway, they're going to change the uh, the marketing too, which featured a young boy dressed as an Eskimo in a snowy environment. The move comes after brands such as Aunt Jemima syrup, 
and Uncle Ben's Rice have said they would overhaul their controversial imaging. Controversial in the same way that a six-year-old tap dancing is controversial on on uh, YouTube because there will be uh, horrible negative comments on it. Everything's controversial online. How much time have you spent in your life thinking about the uh, the logo for Eskimo Pies? I think I probably uh, probably w- uh, landed on about two seconds worth when I was six. Oh, it's because it's cold up there. Well, anyway, let me have that. <laughs> and, I, and I have one more question about all this based on the folks at Cream of Wheat which features a black chef as their mascot. Since Thursday, they'd review their marketing strategy. We understand there are concerns regarding the chef image. If it was all white chefs, you'd be complaining about that, right? Yeah, so should there never be a black person as a brand emblem? I don't get that. How would that be good? The family there, it must be a white person on the label, or we will not sell the product. This is progress. The family of the woman that was Aunt Jemima is upset that they've taken her name off there. They were very proud of that in their family history in the town she's from. It's a big deal. They have like you know a plaque and a parade and everything. Festival like that. and yeah, Aunt Jemima and Queen. They think, oh, what'd you do that for? Yeah. We like that. We're proud of that. Yeah. No, no, it's offensive. You. You should be offended. We're, we're offended on behalf of you, even if you're not. Jack, ask anybody who lived through uh, Mao's China or the Soviet Union or any number of, uh, well, Hitler's Germany. Uh, is it just the uh, guilty who get swept up and executed uh, or ruined or beaten? No, 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 no. Far from it. The angry mob wants blood, and you've got blood, so they're going to get your blood. So Dr. Gottlieb was on Face the Nation yesterday. He used to run the FDA, and he's been one of the leading voices in this whole thing. Talking about masks. Well, health officials did give conflicting messages on wearing masks in the first place, but we now know from Dr. Fauci it's because they were afraid of shortages. And also worried that by telling people they could wear masks, you're telling them they can go out. So at a time that they were telling people to stay at home, there was concern that telling them that they wear masks, they're more safe, um, will encourage people to go out. And so I think that could have been messaged appropriately. They didn't need to be concerned about that. We should have been recommending masks from the outset. So what I'm concerned about here is not just uh, the virus or anything like that. It's our increasing distrust of government. We already don't trust the government, according to polls, and now we really don't. And a couple of examples would be the mask thing. So they told you, mask, what? Remember, there was a sarcastic text from uh, the Surgeon General about masks don't do anything. So In don't... fact, pro- they might do more harm than good. Right. Remember being told that, and now yeah. they're saying you should wear them. So that will lead you to, as a society, to think, well, I'm just not going to listen to you then. If you're going to lie sometimes to try to manipulate me and then change course. Right, the other because is, you're probably manipulating me now. The other example, now being blasted from the left and the right, well, not the woke left, but the the old school, actually liberal left, is the, uh, you, you can't be outside, you can't socialize, you can't get together. I don't care if it's a wedding, a funeral, anything. I don't care if you're protesting government actions. You just can't get together unless it's a cause we believe in, like the whole Black Lives Matter thing, then of course you can. Mm-hmm. And Jonah Goldberg has been complaining about that in his uh, columns all across the country about how that was just, nobody is ever going to listen to you again on this stuff. And... I was listening to a Sam Harris podcast, super lefty, but old school, like liberal, liberal, saying that that was a mortifying piece of hypocrisy out of our U.S. government and our leaders to not allow gatherings of one kind, but then to allow a different kind. Mm -hmm. Mortifying piece of hypocrisy. So once again, 
Did you mean it or not? It only matters sometimes. Ah, whatever. I'm going to do whatever I want now. That's what you end up with. Right. Ah, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. Now, since you have cynicism. Since, since you're moving the goalposts, whatever fits you at the time. Yeah. That's that's not good. That's not good for a society. Well, it is. And listen, there's an aspect of this that I get, but it is. It is. Um, how would I put this? Uh, well, it's the squeaky wheel getting the grease, I guess, but it is whoever is willing to be most violent and scary gets their way, and their will will carry the day. And the government on many levels, uh, from your state and local uh, governments to the federal government, said, yeah, yep, yep, if you're willing to burn and, and trash and shoot cops, you're the winner. We'll let you do what you want to do. Those of you who are peacefully actually protesting the government for redress of grievances, you're getting arrested. Or maybe, boy, I saw a couple of videos over the weekend. You know, maybe there's some context I was missing, but it looked like there was plenty of lead up. What the frig were the cops thinking? I mean, there are people standing on the streets, and the cops just were just bashing people and spraying them in the face. Like, what is this? Mm. But you're going to let people destroy that business over there? Well, it's you know, it's, which is easier to deal with, I guess. Yeah, partly. Is there anywhere in the country? I saw somebody tweet this over the weekend. I think well, I shouldn't put a name on it if I don't know who it was, but I'm pretty sure it was a right winger. But um, is there anywhere in the country where a police force is going to defend a statue and say, "No, you don't get to decide as a mob what's a statue in the park. That's not the way we do things." Right. Is there anywhere in the country that that's going to happen? Not, that's a not, good question. Not so far. That is a good question. Oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't get to the uh, the award. Uh, Madeline M. Uh, emailed in the suggestion, Polar Pucks That's for Eskimo good. Pies. That's pretty good. Polar Pucks. They're not pies. They're kind of a pie. They got a crust on either side, right? They're a sandwich. <laughs> They're, are Is they, a pie a sandwich? Are they an ice cream? Is a taco a sandwich? <laughs> well, the courts ruled on that. I don't know if they've ruled as a pie a sandwich. Well, I the courts... I don't look to the courts for the truth, Jack. <laughs> I look to my heart. Well, they were wrong anyway because they said a taco was a sandwich. Well, a taco is a sandwich. Yeah, so clearly not. Just because the bread is connected on one side doesn't uh, undo its sandwichness. I'll, I'll say the same, same See thing. The hoagie. I'll say the same thing I always say. If you say to people, "Would you like a sandwich?" and they say yes, and you come out with a taco, they're going to say WTF. That's because <laughs> of racism. <laughs> that uh, federal, state, and uh, local law enforcement have informants that they've planted into the, the Chaz slash chop zone, uh, people who could go undercover and begin to piece together a, a picture from the inside of what's happening. Uh, yeah. at, at minimum, they need to have information. I mean, this you know, the, the mayor of the city says, well, this is democracy in action. Well, this isn't democracy in action. This is Lord of the Flies, and that, that story didn't end very well. A couple of people shot, one fatally in uh, Chaz over the weekend. The cops were uh, held at bay, were unable to go in, which meant the first responders couldn't go in. The one guy died. Um, and, and the liberal uh, Seattle Times reporting on the whole thing. Uh, they cover what we covered and have more or less a similar take. 
Um, but council member Kashama Sawant, in a prepared statement, this woman's, uh, she's a, a Marxist communist, said there are indications that this may have been a right-wing attack, but offered no evidence and did not respond to our follow-up questions. She called for immediate solidarity with the protest at the shop. And then the Seattle Times says none of the seven members of the Seattle City Council responded to requests for comments on Saturday. And then quotes a bunch of local folks saying, um, for instance, this ice cream shop in, in the Chaz area says, all of us are super supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. We've all, and we've wanted to stay open, but in the last few days, things have felt different. She said shifting leadership within the movement has made it difficult for businesses to communicate with the protesters, and she wasn't sure when she would reopen. I no longer feel it's safe. I'm worried for my team and other small businesses. Here's a lady with a cafe. She's thinking closing early now. It just doesn't feel safe. The protests are fine, but it's different when you have somebody shooting, et cetera, et cetera. So things are getting more and more ugly, and people are more and more concerned. And uh, and, and the problem is the mainstream media would like to portray this as just good, decent people wanting racial harmony and justice in the United States, but that's not true. A lot of them are are, are Marxists and radicals and Antifa guys or whatever, um, and, and people who've fallen under their sway. But Patrice Calores, the founder of Black Lives Matter, the organization, now the idea that Black Lives Matter, of course they do. But here's the co-founder of the organization talking on a communist uh, podcast, it's actually a video cast, but... Um, talking about whether they've lost their ideological bearings. Is this just about race now, the communist guy wants to ask her? How do you respond to that particular critique? Again, a loving critique from an elder of the struggle uh, that some others share, uh, that I've even shared as well, to, to be frank, as a concern about, uh, in part because of the co-optation and, and the appropriation, that, that a, a more clear ideological um, structuring might be of some value here. But how do you respond to, to, to those kinds of, again, loving criticisms? Um, I think that the criticism is helpful. Um, I also think that it might... Um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. How many Americans know those things? To be true. That they're trained Marxists? Yeah. Uh, not very many. That she wants to assure her communist brother, no, no, we're still, we're, we're steeped in this. We're, we're representing that. How many Americans think this is just about black people not getting uh, shot or beat up by the cops? How many people who have a microphone or a keyboard are uh, too scared of losing their jobs to want to get involved in this conversation hardly Most. at all? Almost Most everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's strange that people are that, well, it's not strange. It's probably appropriate that people are that afraid for their jobs because again, the, the idea that, uh, the, the lives of black Americans have value and they should be fully invested with all the rights guaranteed by the constitution, but et cetera, et cetera. It's utterly uncontroversial. And to the extent that they're not getting those rights, it's utterly tragic. And everybody ought to be working together to make sure everybody gets all the rights in the U.S. But that's not what the the organization 
is about. I mean, that's part of it, but they're also committed Marxists and uh, committed to tearing apart the nuclear family because Marxism says that is a vestige of capitalism and must be destroyed. Um, and, and people don't, they either don't know it or they're afraid to say it. Um, I think you, I'm talking to you, I think you ought to be into civil rights. Um, but I don't necessarily, I don't think you ought to be into Marxism. So, you know, we we're talking about, uh, Lord of the Flies and mob and this and that and taking down statues and all that sort of thing. Um, and, and, uh, whether or not the police are ever going to protect a statue, I, so far, I don't think it's happened anywhere in the country. Um, Thomas Jefferson Monument bashers no better than the Taliban. I was reading this article in the New York Post. In New York, at least they're doing it the right way, though it's still troubling. I don't like the idea of mobs taking down statues. If you want a statue removed, get a bunch of people together, sign a petition, go to your city council meeting, and go through the proper process. And if if your town or whatever decides to get rid of the statue, that's one thing. But you can't have mobs decide it in the middle of the night. Anyway, in New York City, this New York City City Council, including the Speaker of the City Council, are demanding that the statue of Thomas Jefferson be removed from City Hall. They're going to remove Thomas Jefferson from the city hall in the biggest city in the nation. We're doomed. And they're going to vote for that. We're doomed. That is something. Yeah, oh. just, yeah I just don't even know what to say. When a year or two ago it was predicted that next they'll be coming for the statues of uh, Jefferson and Madison and, and Washington and the rest of them, it sounded crazy. Didn't it? Wasn't crazy. Yeah, well, it's the whole Mott and Bailey thing. Check it out on a podcast. You know you want a happy ending. I'm Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. That's the uh, techno bluegrass group, Mott and Bailey there. Yeah, here, here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo is pressing the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michael, final I, thoughts. Yeah, I just found out about my wedding. I have to limit it to 100 guests. It has to be 100 guests or lower. So I, I'm at 102 guests. So I got, I'll stay home. No, no, I got two people. It's the guy who sold me a car or the guy who gave me free cable. I think those are the two that are going to have to get off the list. <laughs> the guy who got you free cable. Yeah, yeah I invite free cable guy. Uh, positive Sean, our producer. Do you have a final thought? I uh, just uh, had a lovely day hanging out with siblings and my dad yesterday. Shout out to all the fathers out there doing uh, doing it the right way. Good job on you. Yeah, nice, nicely said. Jack, final thought? I hope I am. Uh, my kids got me stuff, so either they felt obligated to or they actually uh, uh, enjoy me as a father. But uh, the baked goods and the, them making cards and everything like that doesn't really hardly get any better than that. Yeah, and on a similar note, love this note from Kevin. We uh, featured it earlier today talking about uh, fathered privilege. Um, Anybody who grew up with an active dad in their life uh, as a mentor, as uh, someone to give them comfort and lessons, love, and the rest of it, really does have enormous advantages in life. And uh, perhaps as a society, we ought to spend a little more time talking about that, the importance of fathers in the home, and uh, maybe we could avoid a hell of a lot of problems we're dealing with. Hearing reports that the baked goods were very dense, Jack. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Couldn't have been more dense. (laughs) You're going to have more today, aren't you? And if Henry puts frosting on a donut, there's going to be a lot of frosting. (laughs) I'll tell you that. I realize I may have to turn in my man card for saying this, but I had a big, giant hamburger last night, cheeseburger for dinner. I don't think I've had a, a hamburger in a year. I can't imagine going three days without a hamburger. I couldn't do it. 
you're wimpy from the Popeye cartoons. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All sorts of fun swag there. Get yourself a t-shirt. Uh, our email address, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. All of the podcasts, all of them are available at armstrongandgetty.com. Start over at the beginning. Listen to them all. Oh, yeah. A little something to do. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Almost 600 times, you know what that is? 600 times! Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.